this podcast possibly contains spoilers, but definitely includes explicit language. Welcome to Rhyme and Reason Radio. I'm Aidy, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Rhyme and Reason. With me are... Joshua, the unpopular opinionist, and with us in Florida, we have our very own Wonder Woman, Chelsea. Yay, Chelsea! Chelsea? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this, this is where you say hello. Hello? I did say hello. Oh, I didn't hear you. Hi, my name is Chelsea, and I consider myself a leading authority on feminism, but not really. All right, so today we're going to be talking about the new DC movie, Wonder Woman, not to be confused with Washington, DC, because that's where we're close to. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC what does it stand for? Dumb comics. I don't know. You know they're not Marvel. I, I, I think so they must Dark be Dark Horse comics. So I grabbed the plot um, item from IMDb, uh, and it says that Wonder Woman is a movie. Uh, before she was Wonder Woman, she was Diana, princess of the Amazons, trained warrior. When a pilot crashes and tells of conflict in the outside world, she leaves home to fight a war to end all wars, discovering her full powers and true destiny. I'd like to already issue a correction. <laughs> um, DC is not Dark Horse comics, because that would also be course, BDHC, which it isn't. Um, it, it comes from the company's popular series, Detective Comics, which featured Batman originally. So, oh. Detective Comics, DC. So that's not as cool as Dark Horse Comics, though. Yeah, Dark Horse had a much better ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Wonder Woman stars Gal Gadot. Now, I have heard people pronounce this all sorts of different ways, but I heard somebody on a podcast who's from Israel say Gadot. Yeah, so, I've heard that as well. I'm gonna go with that. You can call her whatever you like. I'm sure she'll... She's not French. <laughs> yeah. She's not waiting for Godot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then uh, Chris Pine is in it as Steve Trevor, and we also have Robin Wright as Antiope. Uh, Den- oh, okay. Um, Danny Houston as Ludendorff, and I guess Elena Anaya as Dr. Maru, which I thought was a really cool name for an evildoer. A very interesting name for a German evildoer. Does that come from anything? I don't know. I'm not a linguist. <laughs> um, so I guess I just wanted to go around the, the table here and see uh, what your guys' background is with comic books in general, and then one woman specifically. Uh, Chelsea, can we start with you? Sure. Um, I actually grew up not reading a single comic. Um, I get really distracted when I try and read comics, but when I was a kid, I had two brothers, and we, our Saturday morning cartoon routine was um, like X-Men, Spider-Man, Batman from the 90s, and then we would watch reruns like Million Dollar Man and the original Wonder Woman series with Linda Carter, just like reruns occasionally, nothing hardcore. But So I kind of grew up with this whole um, comic book superhero um I, I loved it i wasn't into the comics but i love the show and i love all the that have come from it and i've been getting more into it as i get older i don't have a lot of experience with wonder woman personally uh <laughs> She doesn't hang out with you? No, I mean, we're just not from the same circles, you know. She was more of a band geek. I was more of a art student, so it never really worked out. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I, I certainly know of, woman, of Wonder Woman. <laughs> I know of women, too. Um, I certainly know of her and uh, her history. I know of it. I haven't read a lot of the comics or any of the comics, if I'm being honest. Um, and I haven't seen the show either. And she unfortunately gets shafted in a lot of like uh, cartoons as well. Like even in the Justice League, it focuses on Batman and Superman and that one green alien whose name I always forget and never a Wonder Woman. So it, she's I'm I'm glad she has her own movie at this point because she deserves it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've actually watched one episode or a, li- a little bit of an episode while I was at a bar a couple of, um, weeks ago or months ago of the show of the old show, and they were like, "Oh, look, she's inside of her invisible jet," and that's like, "You guys are just cheap. You're cheap." <laughs> This is not good. <laughs> Did you want a female superhero to be in a movie? Like, was it time? Or is this, like, overdue? What, what's going on here? Oh, I think it was really overdue. When I grew up, my brothers and I would, like, play pretend. 
characters. Like, I loved Catwoman, but she was always getting saved. Also, she was a little bit evil. And, you know, Batgirl, she was, like, this wussy secondary character you never heard from. Um, and I wanted to be, like, a valid character. So Mrs., like, I was Batman, but I was Mrs., I was female. But that was how I had to, like, um... And Mary. Just, yeah, how I had to get in and be a, a, a legitimate character with my other seven-year-old brother playing this game. And with superhero movies today, like, if they're all so male-centered, and there are some good, like, female, um, like, counterparts, but they're bit parts, you know? They're just there for, you know, some skirts and some legs and some witty banter and some rescue scenes. So I was really excited about this movie. Did you ever think that these female superheroes were over-sexualized? Uh, yes. Personally, like, I was always afraid to identify with any of them because it was, like, too, too much. Like, I didn't want to be associated with it. So I would have, as a tomboy, I leaned more towards just being like, okay, well, I'm going to go with the, what the, whatever the guys are doing because this is, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too frilly, but I also don't want to be too, like, sexual. I love comic book art has been very sexualizing towards with you. When you, you know, I have an art background and, you know, in life drawing, we learn proportions and all these things you see on the internet, like, oh, if Barbie was real, she'd have to walk, crawl on all fours portions. But that's how these comic book characters are drawn. They're drawn very stylistically and very sexy. Like, there's no way that Phoenix costume is holding on to only her nipples. Like, that's <laughs> And it's just, it's a very um, unobtainable aesthetic for a normal girl. Like, I'm not ever going to look like that, no matter how much dieting and coconut milk and training I do, you know? It, it made it very, I guess, kind of unrelatable, really, for a teenage girl or, a, like, a preteen young girl. Yeah, I, I especially didn't want to draw attention to myself, so that would have been a huge no-no. Like, I'm not going to yeah. even talk about it. So, um, Joshua, how, how did you feel about Wonder Woman? Um, well, uh, as far as her needing uh, more representation in, like, media, absolutely. Um, and as far as women-like superheroes go, I completely agree with you. Although, uh, there are a lot of... I mean, you could also say that the males are sexualized because they're also super buff and all shit like that. But that is for true. the women, it's even more, like, realistically unobtainable because you would need, like, uh, superhuman strength and, like, double D implants, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's insane. So, um, I... And then be in high heels. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, especially if, like, you're Catwoman. Like, perfect example right there. Like, she does all of her thieving in, like, heels. It's ridiculous. Um, because the noise it makes. How can you, I mean, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense when you're trying to be a cat bird. You're here going... You know, <laughs> cats are quieter than that. But yeah, yeah uh, one woman does kick some ass in some um, subtle wedge heels, but they're very solid wedge heels, which seems much more practical for crime fighting. Yeah, that was a very smart design choice because, uh, I mean, every bit of her outfit was a very smart design choice because it also was very classic, but also wasn't overly sexualized. At least I mean, it was my, based on pinup girls. That's well, that that too. And there's also um, was it the creator of one. Wonder Woman, uh, John C. Kirby? Mm, I don't think so. It's on the tip of my tongue. I just was here, I heard an NPR uh, clip about him. He's a very interesting man. Yeah, um, I think it was, was it H.G. Peter? Uh, American psychologist and writer William Moulton Marston, pen named Charles Moulton. Okay, well, uh, Wonder Woman was co-created, I believe, by, um, like you said, William Marston and H.G. Peter. Uh, I forget mm-hmm. which one, but one of them also had a bondage fetish, uh, which also became very prevalent in the comics uh, early on, uh, but it was also, you know, symbolism of, like, breaking against shackles
cycles and stuff like that. Um, and so it's very interesting. Uh, there's also a lot of like uh, other YouTube things online you can listen to about like the origins of Wonder Woman, which are fascinating, and I highly recommend anyone listening to go check that out. Um, but yeah, it's not a great great place to start when uh, your superhero is based on a pinup girl and has uh, subversions of bondage culture to begin with. Like that's an interesting place to start with a character <laughs> and then build from there, you know? Yeah. I will say that I did see something about her wearing sandals and they changed it to boots mm. because she's Amazonian. So why would she wear boots? Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, what did you guys think about the movie overall? Um, I thought it was fantastic. It, it was, it lived up to my expectations of an epic superhero movie. How about you, Dr. Uh, it was great. It, um, are we just doing generalizations right now? Yeah, just overall. Okay. And then we can overall, uh, very good. I came out of the movie theater thinking that, damn, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her in all the sequels, especially alongside uh, Jason Momoa in the upcoming Aquaman movie. Oh, yes. I did not know that. Yeah, that's the reason I'm looking forward to this Aquaman movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just speaking of in general right now, uh, do you think with Steve Trevor being dead, um, if she has a sequel, what what do you think they can even do with that? Um, well, they definitely have uh, legs to go on with uh, the rest of the Justice League, and that's what they're building towards. And I think from there they might do more, uh, not spinoff movies, but more like one-off movies of just the one character from after the Justice League crap they're, they're trying to build. Do you think if you take a step back and you think, well, this woman, she, she broke out of you know her home and she went and risked everything for this man and now he's dead and like maybe she's to blame that he's dead no well, oh sorry <laughs> she didn't go for him she went for mankind like she truly you get that like naive belief of hers that she is going to save mankind like that's her her mission and i think it was just i mean it was kind of the circumstances like here she is with this creature she's never met before something with a penis that you know she's only read about in books and heard about in stories kind of character that they made him to be yeah that's very well put um do you think that she realized she could have realized that love was important maybe when her aunt was killed instead of having to you know have a man say I love you and then suddenly she is validated and has to break out and realize her full potential and fight Hades who is now a guy from Harry Potter like <laughs> who turns it yeah who is Hades I mean I just feel like her love that part of it the romantic love part of it was really like annoying to me yeah but if she had had yeah. that realization as a young girl she would been like I'm a lesbian powerful lesbian <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. He's the best but, Chris. Agreed. Best Chris. Out of yeah, all the Chris's. Out of all the Chris's. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think they could have done it. I think they could have shown human love, this attribute of, like, being worthy of being saved because of love in a, a lot of different manners, like family or, like you said, with her aunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or when 
witnessing other human interactions, but I don't know. I guess that was their easiest way of doing it that the audience relates to in under 90 minutes. True. Uh, that was like a two hour and 20 hour minute yeah. movie. Yeah, it was. It's just funny because they made such a big deal about Disney um, with Frozen. It's like, it's not love for a, a romantic thing. It's mm-hmm. love for your sister. Like, that is what will save, like, love. Just love in general. Yeah, and it was the bullshit ending on Once Upon a Time, the most recent season. Spoiler alert for Once Upon a Time, <laughs> most recent seasons, like se- season seven or some shit, where uh, what Emma Swan dies, and then uh, her stupid son, Henry, gives her a kiss on the forehead and says, I love you, mom. And then she comes back to life through the power of true love, and it's like, no. No, ABC. <laughs> that is annoying as hell, and they're, I think they're getting like an eighth season or some shit. That show will never yeah. end. I know. It'll it'll end after I die. <laughs> and I will watch all of it. Um, I did finally that one. Thank goodness. I have to eliminate something for my life. <laughs> Do you still watch Grey's Anatomy? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Long silence. Maybe. <laughs> Are we going to uh, break it down? Yeah, let's break it down. Uh, Chelsea, you want to break it down first? Um, should I break it down by all the parts that I cried in for no reason to be crying aside from the awesomeness? I mean, you can. Yeah, it's up to you. <laughs> That's how you break it down. <laughs> um, I just I just loved the theme, obviously. I love the theme of strong women. Like, I, I'm sure you've seen all the articles online about the Amazon um, and how just epic they were. Like, that whole, the first three minutes of the movie, I was literally crying because I was like, yes, this is what. 10 year old Mrs. Batman me needed <laughs> what I wanted I wanted yes. this I'm strong women kicking ass with no regrets no reservations and nobody like thinking about how their you know uh, corset arm makes their boobs look like it was just amazing to see that and I think they portrayed women um, the, at least the Amazon women and Wonder Woman in such a strong and I don't know like a it had such a community feeling um, like that these women were all supporting each other they were all there for the betterment of each other and to encourage each other's skills. I thought that was just fantastic. That alone, they could have ended it there and I would have been like, this movie is great! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I would second all that. Um, I didn't cry during the movie at all, but I was like, oh my god, I want to move there. Like, where is this place? Temescura? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently they they filmed in Greece or something, and that's why it looks so great. Yeah. Um, Got some good cliffs. That water, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that also makes sense because they're like descended from the gods or whatever. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. That's cool. And I think he says he was in Turkey when he, like, flew out. So it would make sense that they were in, like, the Greece, Greece, like, Mediterranean area. So that's very smart. Props to the filmmakers there. Patty, <laughs> so Patty Jenkins, actually, was the one who directed this. And she her last movie was in 2003, and it was Monster with Charlize Theron mm-hmm. in it. Like, this is a complete departure from that. Um, yeah. And she did such a good job, I thought. Yeah, I saw her um, on an interview with Seth Meyers, uh, which is cool that he has just, like, the directors come in and talk about the movie that he likes um and she was talking about how uh you know kids don't care kids just see cool things they want cool things and like her son uh was like oh uh look a new wonder woman toy and he like looked at her sword and he's like mom i want that toy (laughs) it's like (laughs) kids will just like what they like you know right um you want to break your yeah so i really like the movie um but i do have some qualms with it in the beginning i mean i loved little wonder woman she was so cute so adorable so mischievous and such a great character. Um, I, I guess that's probably why you were crying, Chelsea, because you saw her yourself in that little youthful child trying to get a sword. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, just wants to play with the others. 
universe, you know. Uh, so that that part was really great. That was, I mean, if they ever didn't like anything else starring that kid, it'd be great to watch, like, you know, the other origins of Wonder Woman. Just, like, make a show on that, you know? You know how Looney Tunes used to have, like, the baby version? Yeah. They should have that <laughs> for, like, Batman and Superman and, like, Batman's little rich like snob. Like, the baby Justice Heroes? I, yeah. I just think <laughs> they've already done that. I'm not sure, but I know they have, like... Uh, Teen Titans that's kind of like that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But teenagers I don't really care about. But I just want like little kids to be like fighting over stuff and yeah, like, using their powers. Like, that would be really cool. It's like, Superman, Superman, the Joker took my toy. And Super Baby's like, whatever, I'm gonna go fly to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I can't control myself. <laughs> I'm just a baby from Krypton. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt that. <laughs> um, so, uh, how they introduced the plot was very interesting. I liked uh, Chris Pines' fully nude body shot where he's just holding his junk. Um, the there pe- will, I will say, there were a lot of young children in my first showing of Wonder Woman. Oh. I saw a lot of parents with their hands flying over their kids' faces. That was not, they kept that under wraps really well before yeah. that came out. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was a treat, and that was like a full body shot from head to toe. That was wonderful. Um, the penis jokes were obviously funny, and the awkward uh, road or boat ride home uh, to England um, was interesting. How they, I'm glad they at least talked about her sexual education because people are gonna be asking about that stuff, you know? Um, yeah. So the only thing that really annoyed me with the film was uh, the Germans. Why? <laughs> because oh, because they were so like uh, caricaturish? No. I mean, that's whatever. They're Nazis. They can be They're not. not were, were they Nazis then? Because this is World War One, not World War Two. They're gonna be Nazis. <laughs> so... They're pre-Nazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, in, early in the movie, they established that Wonder Woman speaks like a million billion languages, right? And they have subtitles for when they're speaking. But they when they cut to the Germans in their German meeting, they're speaking... I mean, maybe an Axis meeting... But they're speaking German, uh, English. They're speaking English, and they're not using subtitles, which has already been shown that you can do. So I don't understand why they're having a meeting in English. It just bugged me. Or why, when the Germans are talking to each other, they talk in English. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That just maybe, annoys me. Maybe generally. that was because they wanted to be able to have like a broader audience. Yeah, when you think about the age group, the target group, um, you know, kids, young young people. I don't know. I don't know. What's this target? What's this movie rated? PG thirteen. So I guess 13, 14, 15 year olds. I mean, how how much how many subtitles are they gonna read? True, they're only gonna read the joke ones. No. I mean, I thought it was h- pretty hilarious how evil they were yeah. when they like threw that when the guy threw the mask in there and it was like they're not yeah. gonna be able to use it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, come on, <laughs> you were just so evil. Yeah, it's like they're um, I don't know that's character caricaturish. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, the only other scene that like bothered me was the one like CG scene where she's like whipping around the town square and it just looks really unnatural. Um, but other than that, it was kick ass. I hope she did all of her own stunts, but I can understand if she didn't. It's hard to take out a clock tower by herself. She was like six months pregnant. I saw an interview where she's talking about wearing a little piece of green screen fabric over her bump. Oh, wow. um, Trench storming scenes. I mean, it was in a green room or whatever, but for a lot of that, she was like six months pregnant, so mad props, lady. Yeah, damn. Yeah, um, so did you have any other concerns you want to... Um, no, I like the movie generally. I didn't really care for Chris Pines' character all too much. 
I didn't really get attached to him in the way they, they were trying to get me attached to him. And when he was gone, I was like, good riddance, because he's been holding her back this whole time. <laughs> I can see that. Um, overall, I think that the visuals are really good. Uh, I didn't know that her whip thingy rope did anything special. It was a lot more magical than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, she was just really good at whipping. <laughs> Uh, the CGI when she was in Greece that was a little bad like when she dove into the water and a couple times you could just see that it was like a green screen and that it wasn't it wasn't gelling perfectly well I really appreciated that they didn't try to like do up uh, Robin Wright makeup was very minimal mm-hmm. on the Amazons um, and I really enjoyed like the light of that like it was just a beautiful place yeah. and then you go to London and it's like oh this is how I imagine every war now because it's just so cloudy yeah. and like horrible yeah. Especially during a world war. It's like, there's never any sun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, overall, I think that I liked the the scene where she goes across the trench, like, in the trench warfare. Yeah. Apparently, they wanted to pull that scene out because it didn't really make sense in the bigger scheme of things. And it's also, I think they did a very similar thing in Captain America. Oh, I, I didn't even... I, I This is the first movie I've seen on purpose for a long time. <laughs> uh, then when she actually goes and they dance and stuff, that was kind of cool. Um, I mean, I, I like that they build up a little bit of romance because, you know, need to have something for the other people who don't necessarily like to see just brawn and, and guts everywhere and mm-hmm. fighting. Um, but then I would have been happy for them just to have killed the Germans. But then they introduced Hades and I just thought that was the dumbest thing. Like, Hades could have re- remained a figure you of mean, mystery. You mean, um... The British guy that comes back and is Ares. like... Ares. Oh, sorry, Ares. Yeah. My bad. I said Hades earlier too, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Undo. Control Z. Um, I would have that too. Like, I was like, okay, since World War One was the first world war and there was another one that came after that. Yeah. Like, right. yeah, she didn't know about that, but, I mean, they... Ares can't be dead. That doesn't make sense. Why else are we having more still? Right, and the fact that he said that, you know, it wasn't necessarily him making them do it. He was just giving them ideas or whatever, whispering to their ears, and the humans just did it. So it's like, why have that weird hugging scene when he didn't exactly have a spell on anyone? He was just giving people ideas, and they ran with it because they're human. Yeah, a little bit of bad writing there. Yeah. Also, I have an issue with, I don't know that actor's name played Lupin, because that's all I can think of him as in Hierarchy is Lupin from Harry Potter. When they, he goes from being this man, like this um, older, sickly British man, to suddenly being this buff farmer, green god. Like, it's I, so I, weird. Yeah, the, my suspension of disbelief kind of ended with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was a interesting casting choice. I don't understand why they couldn't have made a younger-faced version of him. If they're going to CG him onto a buff body anyway, just make him, you know, younger. We have the technology to do that. But, you know, he looked way out of the part uh, yeah. when they revealed him to be Ares. Um, but speaking of uh, the supporting actors, what do we think about the ragtag bunch of misfits that she travels with? The one guy who was in train spotting. Yeah. And I liked him. And I, I really liked the, the Native American dude. And yeah, I think I think that was a good fit to have like a bunch of people instead of just having Trevor Trevor Noah. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, I, I liked it. Yeah, and they were all uh, people that have had their homes taken away from them by other people's wars, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I had not thought about that yet. But yeah, even the Scottish guy, his homeland is not his own. Exactly. Yeah. But I they're all it, fighting in the same war, or they're all in the same war. I read an interesting article about the chief character, um, the actor who plays him. Patty Jenkins allowed him to choose his own, um, like, native regalia that he wore. So everything was, like, period correct and correct to his tribe and not just something that a costume person slapped onto him because it looked authentically Native American. And, and I that's thought that good. allowed him to have that freedom to represent his people. And he spoke, like, a, the article I read was written by um, someone who's from um, the same region as him or the same tribe. And so, like, the dialogue, like, that he speaks to her in his native tongue when he first meets Diana, and that was all correct, and it wasn't just some, like, thrown together. I don't know. I feel like sometimes in movies they just kind of slap stuff together and call it this culture. Yeah. And uh, I expected that. And, you know, with a movie that's all, that's kind of celebrating different types of diversity, I really, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, it's good to see a movie as big as this pay a lot of attention to the small details like that. It did bother me that she never, that she, with the Samir character, like, Samir is not hard to say. I don't know if it's, like, sticking to the comics, like, the original story or something, but when he was like, call me Sammy, I was like, that's an easy out. Like, we've got all these Antiope and Hippolyta and all these crazy names. I think we can manage Samir through the, you know, two hours of this beat. That kind of bothered me that they, that they cut that and made it, like, an Americanized name, but maybe that was just me. I don't know. No, I think that's a perfectly legitimate thing to say. I mean, for, like, the one brown guy that was on screen, they had to give him a white name, right? All right. So um, I guess, you know, good small details here and there. Not all together, but peppered. There's some small details that are peppered through there that are both good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so any final thoughts before we move on to the Wonder Woman quiz? Um, can I have all the answers? No. Okay, tried. Um, this quiz is basically based off of information that I found on the internet. Obviously, I am no Wonder Woman uh, aficionado. I can't speak for Wonder Woman. I can only tell you things that other people have said. And if they're wrong, then write to them. Google it yourself. <laughs> All right. Nice warning. So, when did Wonder Woman get her own book? Was it A, 1942, B, 1943, C, 1952, or D, 1953? Um, I'm gonna say, oh my gosh, 52? Chelsea has 52. I'm gonna say, was 43 an option? Yes. Okay. Uh, the correct answer is 1942. Damn it! So neither one of you got that right. <laughs> In the books, does she wear a skirt? Yes or no? Yes. I'm going to say yes as well, because I know she has the power to transform or whatever. I'm being very specific as to, like, the books or whatever, because I don't know, because the movie obviously was a little different. You mean the comics? Oh, yeah, comic books. Yeah. Comic books. I get it. Um, so, the internet says, while several images make it look like she was wearing a skirt, they're actually culottes, split pants that vary from thigh to knee length. Oh. It was never a skirt, but it's so flowy and loose on the bottom that That's it flows. That's a semantic difference. In the, <laughs> very much yeah, like a skirt. <laughs> no, she did not wear a skirt. She wore a kilt, because you can only call it a kilt if you don't wear anything underneath. Okay. <laughs> like, that's the kind of semantic difference between culottes in a comic book. Yeah. And a skirt. Like, come on, guys. Listen, I don't, I don't make the rules here. Okay. <laughs> I just make the quizzes. Okay, okay. And I took it from the internet. Alright, number three. The creator of Wonder Woman also invented an early form of what? A, the Easy Bake Oven, B, the Amazon Echo, C, a meat thermometer, or D, a lie detector test. And we're talking about William Moulton Marston. Lie detector. Easy Bake Oven. Lie detector. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, 
I mean, I just thought he made his fortune off of that. I mean, that's okay. One for okay. Chelsea. All right, so the, <laughs> the information it says uh, he invented one of the first modern lie detector tests after realizing how people's blood pressure changed when they were lying. He constructed the first version in 1915 and published his findings in 1917. Uh, well, that's cool. So the score is <laughs> Joshua 1 or 0, Chelsea 1. All right, number four. In early Wonder Woman years, what does she do with her tiara? A, she uses it as a bad guy radar detector like Sting in The Hobbit. B, it cools her down from hot flashes. C, she uses it as a boomerang. D, it looks pretty. This one should be pretty easy. I'm gonna say C. D. She uses it as a boomerang. That is stuck like, okay, so I guess Sailor Moon stole that from Wonder Woman? Possibly. Because uh, she uses her moon tiara power and she throws it like a boomerang. And in Japanese it's called like moon magic whatever. Yeah, when she originally emerged, Wonder Woman wore a tiara that doubled as a boomerang-like weapon, had gauntlets that could deflect bullets, and wielded the golden lasso of truth. Uh, so another one for Chelsea. <laughs> okay, number five. Gal Gadot was A, pregnant while shooting, B, paid way less than a man in a similar franchise in a similar situation, C, Israeli, D, trained six hours a day for six months in preparation for the role, gaining 17 pounds of muscle. E, all of the above. E, all of the above. Chelsea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're going good. That was a trick question, and we yeah, good job. All true. Um, Steve Trevor explains vows in marriage as to A, love, honor, and cherish, B, love, honor, and obey, C, love, cherish, and obey, or D, love, and honor. I think D. Going with D as well. As Steve was explaining to Diana about marriage, he recited the vows as to love, honor, and cherish instead of to love, honor, and obey. That feminist change of words did not occur until the 1970s. But yeah, he said love, honor, and cherish. Oh, so that was a... Trivia. No, I mean, I mean, it was during World War One. Right. Ah. So it was inaccurate for the times. But that's fine. We'll let that pass. <laughs> Okay, number seven, final question. Intel became widely used as the word for intelligence in 1910, B, 1913, C, 1945, or D, 1961? 1945. Uh, I would say 61. Chelsea gets it. I should have known that. Um, so the morphology of the word intel is a clipping from intelligence, and Oxford English Dictionary cites 1961 as the first use of the actual word intel. That makes sense because... Uh, uh, it probably came up like SIGINT around that time as well, which is signal intelligence. So they're just making up words apparently around that time. <laughs> yeah. So final score is Joshua 1, Chelsea's uh, 4. He was at 0. <laughs> it was at 0, but I got one of them right. Yay, Chelsea! And you get to win. I can Photoshop a tiara on your head. Yeah! Well, that is the best gift that I could ever be given. <laughs> Maybe you can use it as a boomerang. <laughs> yeah. You print out the picture, then fold it into a boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Enemies beware. Um, all right. So let's move on to obsessions. Yeah, let's talk about obsessions. Chelsea, what is your obsession this week? Um, my current obsession this week is um, a hot yoga. I've been going a couple, like once or twice a week for about three weeks now, and I really am obsessed with the other people that go. I take a beach towel to catch my ocean sweat. That's the whole point of hot yoga. And other people have these cute 
little, like, you know those socks you have with your kid that have the rubber stamps at the bottom so you don't slip the ball? Yeah. Um, they have towels that have those little scrubby things on the bottom that perfectly fit your yoga mat size and don't, like, I'm constantly having to move my towel around because it slips slides because sweat. And they have these nifty little scritchy socks towels, and that is my current obsession. I need to know where to get them, how much are they, probably be too much. Wow. That's yeah. That's cool. That um, do, do you, when you do yoga in Florida, is that just yoga outside? Hot they yoga? The temperature of the room just a few degrees. Okay, so it's indoors. It's already in the 90s, so they heat the room to 100, so on certain days, not not a big difference. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Uh, Joshua? I have been obsessing over Destiny. Um, it's a, a Halo-like game, which is, you know, run around, shoot stuff, aliens, whatnot. Um, but you can play with your friends, which is nice, too. Play online. Uh, I only have the first, like, regular pack. It's um, just very light on story, but it's really fun. And Destiny 2 is coming out, so I was kind of getting into it so I can get ready for Destiny 2. That's the only thing you're obsessing about? I can obsess about it. Is this like share your obsessions get judged? <laughs> yeah. What is this? That's what our podcast listeners are doing every time. Every time they listen to us. Um. Well, while Joshua thinks about another obsession, I will tell you that right now I am obsessed with the movie The French Lieutenant's Woman, which was based off of a book and has the movie has Meryl Streep and Jeremy Irons in it, and it's really cool because they have two different stories happening at the same time. They have you are watching the actors who are in a love affair. Oh, spoiler alert for this movie. Um, and then also the actual book that is like about a woman who's called the French lieutenant's woman because he left her and um, was married and then she's kind of just scorned by the public and loses her job and stuff and then this guy sees her and is like becomes obsessed with her um, so you have these two stories kind of interweaved interwoven and it's just kind of a cool thing um, it's kind of a long movie at two hours but you know I can watch Jeremy Irons do pretty much anything for two hours yeah agreed uh, the other thing I'm obsessing about is this, this book called The Girls by Emma Klein which is kind of a book based off of like the Manson stuff that was happening in the 60s in California. Uh, it's a little bit different because it's not exactly like that, but it's got the same setup. And you're kind of through the point of view of a girl who kind of gets drawn to this because her home life sucks. And um, I don't, I haven't finished it yet, but it's going really well so far. And NPR loved it, so hmm. it must be good. I'm actually in the first chapter of that book. I'm reading like five things right now, but I'm in the first chapter of that one. And I saw you were reading it and I got excited. That'll inspire me to finish it this weekend, maybe. Oh, yeah. It's really good. And the, the font on the actual book itself is pretty big. Um, I tried reading it on my uh, iPad and it was not working for me so I actually went to the library and got it and physically I'm like, oh, I'm also obsessed about libraries right now. <laughs> um, so, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I said I should be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've actually been obsessing with uh, The Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind because this is like the kind of rework of uh, an old Elder Scrolls game that they want to bring into, you know, the new combat systems and all that kind of stuff, kind of like skyrim Is it. Uh, so this is kind of uh, Zenimax's answer to those requests, essentially. Um, and it has been a very interesting uh, experience trying to reconcile my nostalgia and memory of the Morrowind continent because I, I have played that game so many times, so many freaking hours spent in that game, in that world, that, like, when I'm walking down the street and I notice it's not taking me as long, or if there's, like, a building that's different, or, you know, something has changed, I'm, like, constantly reconciling it in my head as to, like, where I am, what the hell's going on. But it's very interesting because it is set, like, a thousand years or whatever before the actual Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind game.
game comes out. So it's interesting to see the architecture evolve. There's still buildings being built. Um, it's a very interesting quest line as well that you uh, go straight into, which is amazing because usually for like online games, you have to grind and grind and grind before you can get anywhere. In uh, The Elder Scrolls Online, they've made it so no matter where you go, everything is scaled. So you can start level one and walk across the country and not come reasonably, you know, uh, come across any kind of like crazy challenge or anything. There's no level caps to most areas. So you're not going to walk into a mammoth and then just have the mammoth? You can still walk into a mammoth because a mammoth will still kill you at level one. Uh, but you can walk around the mammoth and enjoy the view. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, oh my god, it's a mammoth. Yeah, but uh, it, it's a good answer to a problem they've had with that game for a while now. And it's made it a lot more enjoyable for a lot of people. Cool, great. Moving on to where can we find you on the internet, Joshua? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at jprices.right. And you can find me on Twitter at yoprice and on Instagram at A-D-I-P-R-I-C-E. And Chelsea, can we find you on the internet? Or are you invisible, just like Wonder Woman's jet? Oh, I'd like to believe that I'm invisible, but I'm pretty sure if you Google me, they've got all my info. All right, so just Google the word Chelsea and see what happens. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, and uh, hopefully you can join us again soon for another episode of Rhyme and Reason Radio. Yeah, it was great having you. Thanks for having me. I had fun. All right. Um, anything else you want to say? I think we're done. Good night and good luck. You can find more on rhymeandreason.com.